0: Well, the national hangover begins I don't know how many of you were up way too late last night I was and probably shouldn't have been and then I wake up this morning and I'm very disappointed to find out that we do not have our magical 160,000 subscribers on our channel what's up with that oh I guess I guess We just got to get them the old-fashioned way, one at a time. We're at 1515 right now on our YouTube channel. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hud here, back in the studio. Hello, Ara. Ara. I'm I'm not sure which I'm pronouncing that right. I want to make sure. RJ, Critical Blast, welcome. Uh, It is a good question. How can we be done with dystopia when we're just now watching the birth of Panem? I'm going to get to that. Uh, the live chat is open for those of you who are watching uh, we are broadcasting live on both YouTube and Facebook our email address live from the bunker at sci-fi for Mrs. Boss very much in the room and keeping me sane and relatively content despite everything that's going on out in the world. All right. I don't know. It just It's just one of those things. All right. superherostuff.com. You can get 10% off with a promo code sci-fi for me, 10. You use that when you check out and you can save a little bit of money, which I guess you could send to us for, you know, like super chats or PayPal tip jar or whatever. Uh, Welcome, everyone. Yes, it is. It is a rather interesting day here in the United States post-election. And I suppose I think I need to write a letter. I need to write a letter to the uh, to the Kansas City City Council and say maybe it's not a good idea to do the regular test of the tornado sirens on the day after an election. Because there are some people who are probably sitting there going, wait, wait, what, what, uh, 2020. Uh, uh, but no, it is, it is the first Wednesday of the month, 11 o'clock. They usually, they regularly test it. So, you know, anybody in Kansas City who listens to that, they're going, ah, what, what's that? Uh, looking at social media this morning, <clears throat> Oh r j says sirens went off yesterday the day of the election. Well that's got to be even better oh, I tell you what it is it is something right uh would politics is not the subject of today's topic i want make i want to be clear i'm not going to get political here uh i'm going i am however going to get philosophical and I, and i probably might say some things. That people might or might not agree with, uh, depending on where you are in your life. I I know a certain particular eighteen-year-old who is not gonna be happy with things that I say. I'm looking at uh I'm looking at Twitter and uh Comics by Perch. Uh if you haven't if you have haven't had a chance to look at his YouTube channel, he's got some very good insights into the comics industry. And Perch makes the observation that no matter what happens coming out of the election, there is a very clear picture that we are as a nation, but also as a culture divided into camps, into this us versus them. And it's not just simply about who wins an election? It is now about who wins everything. Who wins control of the culture? Who wins control of society? And it's not just the government agencies. It's not just us. You know, it's not red versus blue, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative. We've talked about this several different times. This us versus them mentality is fueled by certain. Agents, actors in the in the 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 arena here, and a lot of it is not driven by rational thought. The hatred and the vitriol. I mean I, I don't I, I have I didn't even bother to count how many different people were posting on Twitter. If you voted for Trump, I hate you. That's not productive. Wherever wherever you fall on the political spectrum, on the ideological spectrum, whether it's a social justice question or if it's a cultural question or a political question or a religious question, a moral question, this division of us versus them of looking at each other as the enemy as opposed to an opponent is a degradation on it's it's a degradation of our society, and it really does feel like it, it. It makes me think. This morning, I was thinking about the the episode of Deep Space Nine past tense, where uh, uh, Cisco and Bashir get stuck back in the twenty twenties, and you have these various sanctuary cities where the low income and the homeless and the and and then there were riots and it, and it was startlingly, disturbingly prophetic in what we are seeing now. And the fact that it happens in San Francisco, I think probably is because Starfleet headquarters in San Francisco, so now you have a touch of irony. But I think it's also ironic that what's going on in the real world right now has implications and has a has more than a passing resemblance to what's going on in that episode of Deep Space Nine. The uh, The existence of Interface, for example, uh, is very r- scarily reminiscent of modern social media. And it got me thinking, uh, looking at all of this that's going on, got me thinking about all of these different stories of dystopian futures. R.J. mentions... Uh, Panem, Gilead from from The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, we've got Hunger Games. We've got Divergent. We've got Mortal Engines. We've got Brave New World. You go back as far as as George Orwell with 1984, and you have a lot of stories that show us what could happen. And some of them are better rendered than others. All of them basically say that we're headed to a future that is not going to be a happy one. It's not going to be a hopeful one. And then you look at the modern versions of a lot of the franchises that we have. And they have all gone pessimistic, grim, dark, nihilistic in some cases... No matter what we do, it's going to end badly. It's going to end in tears. It's going to not go well. And our grim, dark heroes are flawed. All the way up to Superman. Superman's flawed. Batman's flawed. Batman's always been flawed. But the flaws. Don't make him a hero. He is a hero despite his flaws. And I think a lot of people that are telling modern stories forget that. This kind of attitude, this take on how things are, how things could be, how things might become, leads us to stories that have very little hope at least not in the same sense as we've had in the past. And you look at literature, you look at comics, you look at video games, Hollywood, politics in general, the culture at large, social media, everywhere you turn, there are battles. There are conflicts, arguments. This is not a society full of hope. This is not a culture that is healthy. And we've talked about it a number of times, both here and on the H2O podcast, how social media feeds into narcissism and ego, this us versus them othering And I have made the point several times that the othering that's going on right now, this division into groups, it's not about representation. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, male, female, transgender, LGBTQIA, VIP, Elemental P, whatever. You know, the alphabet soup and the 46 pronouns and the 27 genders. It's all about making people the other. And as you divide people, it makes them easier to control. Because it puts them at odds with each other. And takes the eye off the true villain. When you have the orcs and the elves and the hobbits all fighting each other, nobody's paying attention to Sauron. And when you have people trying to exercise control over these groups, that is what's leading us down the dystopian path. Where, as I look around all of the landscape and the ecosphere of everything that's been going on, in gen- not just in genre, but in society in general, in the culture at large, where is the hope? You even look, we mentioned Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. You look at Star Trek. Modern Star Trek, everyone is broken. Modern Star Wars. Evil wins. All of the Skywalkers are gone. Palpatine wins. Doctor Who. What's past is undone. Past is no longer precedent. We ignore what came before. Because we don't like what came before. So we're going to change it. To suit our modern sensibilities. It is now very much... All of these franchises, very much a product of its time. And that's not necessarily a good thing. But when you go back and look at Star Trek, Star Trek did have a dystopia at one point. Even going back to the 1960s, Star Trek has a dystopian era built into its history. World War III, the nuclear war, the eugenics wars. We even see this coming out of uh, the movie First Contact. We nearly destroyed ourselves. But we recovered from that, according to Star Trek history. At least the prime timeline, Star Trek history, if you look at how things go. We recovered from that. We learned how to get along a little bit better after that. Our technology improved. Humanity Flourished in the wake of that. Not a dystopian future that held, a dystopian future from which we learned and recovered. Original Star Trek has hope. Now, This kind of talk coming from me might seem a little ironic because, at my core, I'm a cynic. I try not to be a pessimist so much, but I am a cynic. Given my life experiences, it is very difficult for me to trust. And whenever Mrs. Boss wants to make plans, the first thing that runs through my head is how many people am I going to have to deal with? And in this last six months especially, it has come to a point where I am 90 to 95% willing to stay home or in the office, and not interact with people. Because my faith in humanity, I don't have a lot of that. I don't have a lot of faith in people. I don't have a lot of faith in systems. I don't have a lot of faith. I certainly don't have a lot of faith in government. I do have faith in God, As much as that's been shaken over the years. And I have to remind myself, and this is where I might lose people, because we're going to start talking a little bit about faith. I have to remind myself that God is still in charge, even in the dark times. When elections don't go your way, or disasters strike. Everything goes according to a plan. Now, Whether or not you believe in God, let's set that aside for a second. I'm not going to sit here and proselytize and try to convert anybody and say you must believe. There are people who don't, and that's fine. That's your choice. And we'll get to that in just a second. But when you look at the the debates and the flame wars and all of the terrible behavior that we're seeing, it is... Rooted, at least ostensibly, on its surface, this us versus them has a basis in what we feel is right or wrong. And I I feel compelled to remind people that right versus wrong, those are absolutes. They must be absolutes. It cannot be subjective. If right and wrong were subjective, then anybody could get away with anything they want. Look at what Dostoevsky said. Everything would be permissible. Because what's right for me may not be what's right for you. You might sit there and say, well, it's it's, it's evil to wear a red shirt on Wednesday. And here I am wearing a red shirt on Wednesday, and I think it's fine. So what's right for me is not right for you. That makes right and wrong a totally subjective thing. And if that's the case, then anything is permissible. We can get away with anything. Humans are flawed. We see that in how we treat each other. And because we are flawed, we don't have the capability to define right and wrong. There has to be an objective baseline that comes from somewhere outside of us. Our sense of right and wrong informs how we treat other people, and I think that's been corrupted by our use of technology that goes unchecked. And you look at where we are now, and you compare that to some of the dystopian futures that are portrayed in science fiction, and we are standing on the edge. Critical Blast, yes. 1 Corinthians 12, all things are permissible for me. But Paul is writing that in the context of saying that if we sit there and say anything is permissible for me, that does not make it the right thing. Thing. Paul is saying that, yes, everything is permissible. You can do what you want to do, but you also have to remember that there are consequences to those choices. And in that particular context, there, the letter to the Corinthians, he's talking about how some people's practice of worship affects other people's practice of worship. And they were specifically talking about. Uh, Certain practices in the early church, in the first century church, there were some people that were saying, well, you know, you're worshiping this way, and it makes me doubt my faith. And Paul is saying, it might be okay in the grand scheme of things, but if it causes someone else to doubt his faith, then don't do it. I believe right and wrong has a definitive, objective, absolute truth as at its foundation. And I look at what's going on. I look at how treat people are treating each other. I look at look, look at what's going on with the, the Gamergate movement or the Comicsgate movement and what happens with the Hugos and now what's going on with the election. People hate each other for no good reason other than the fact that you don't think the same way I do. And how dare you exist? This is not beneficial to society. This is not how we get the utopian future of Star Trek. If anybody really thinks that's possible, it certainly isn't if we're at each other's throats. And I don't know, maybe, maybe Kurtzman's got it right. Maybe the Star Trek that we get now is the Star Trek we deserve because we are no better now in how we treat each other. As a matter of fact, we are far worse now than we have been in a very long time. I think social media has exacerbated that. I think there are certain people who have capitalized on it. I think our entertainment medium has amplified it. So where do we go from here? What do we do? How do we find hope when we are so deeply divided as a society? When we're so deeply divided as a culture? We need a restoration of hope. We need a restoration of decency, of mutual respect, whether you believe in God or not, whether you believe in any kind of higher power or not. At our core as people, there is a need to treat each other with civility, with decency. You expect to be treated as if you matter. Well, then you must treat others as if they matter because we all matter. Or none of us do. You can't have it both ways. You cannot elevate one group over another and expect things to be fair. The idea of loving your neighbor as yourself, again, not not even as a matter of faith, but just treating each other with respect and decency, kindness, even if your neighbor voted for the villain in your particular narrative. <laughs> RJ in the chat says, some of us anti-matter, they explode on contact. That's true. I mean, it is, and it is it is all relative. One person's hero is another person's villain, and the villain is generally the hero of his own story. But at the same time, in the real world, it's a lot more complicated than that. But we want to make everything black and white. We want to make everything good and evil. And there is, you know... Granted, a lot of it's gray... And the stories that came out, you know, things like Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen and Killing Joke all gave us a gray value system in our entertainment. Not for the good. The grim dark and the and the terrible the terrible behavior from people. Social media has just amplified it, justified it, given you cover with your anonymous avatars and your usernames. There's no accountability. Where do we turn? We need heroes. We need true heroes. People like, you know, characters like Luke Skywalker, King Arthur, Superman, the Christopher Reeve version of Superman, the one who is noble and pure of heart, James T. Kirk, the Lone Ranger, all of these heroes, they're people who live by a code of honor, Jesus of Nazareth, Superman, in particular, he's not a hero because of his superpowers. He's a hero because of his faith in humanity. He's a hero because of his optimism. Christopher Reeve, in an interview, talked about what makes Superman a hero. And he got it. He's a superhero. Superman is, is a friend. And that's what we need right now. We need to be friends. Or at least friendly. We need to be a little bit more kind and decent and respective, respectful, honorable. Remember when the Klingons first showed up in Star Trek? They were the Russians. They were the bad guys. They were these two-dimensional villains. Mustache twirling. nyanyanya. nya nya. And as we went forward, and as we saw them in the films, as we saw them in in The Next Generation, they became people. They became a culture that we understood better. They got layers. They got dimensions. We're starting to see that now in The Mandalorian with the Tusken Raiders. They become cultures that we understand. And with that understanding comes a certain amount of respect. Whether you like it, Or not, whether you like those people or not, there needs to be respect. There needs to be consideration. Disagree however much you want on policy, on opinions, but that doesn't make the other side evil. And all of this name calling, all of this backbiting and backstabbing and And all of this, it's all hokum. It is ginned up agitation. And you have to wonder why. What is the purpose for keeping us all fighting each other? What does Landrew want? What does Skynet want with us fighting each other? To what end? If we keep fighting each other, we're not going to build the skyscrapers. We're not going to build the starships. We're not going to go explore. We'll go to war. In Star Trek, there's a phrase, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. The success and the benefit comes out of our differences. Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. And even if you look at something like Bakaru Banzai, where he says, no matter where you go, there you are. Those are the circumstances you're in. No matter where you go, there you are. That's a very very profound statement because you are where you are and you must learn how to cope. Whatever your circumstances, whatever your mental and emotional health, whatever your spiritual health, whatever your social status, you have to learn how to cope. You have to learn how to get along with other people that don't always agree with you. And that's true about Star Trek and about Star Wars and about Doctor Who and about Milkshakes and fast food and vegan diets and religion and politics and everything else. Because if we are so ready to shoot each other, then the country is lost. The world is lost. Because our elections have consequences, not just here in the United States, but all the way around the world. People are looking to see what happens. It affects our foreign policy. It affects our trade. There are consequences here. But at the core of everything, there must be a fundamental shift in our attitudes, and we must— determined that we will try to get along with people. I saw over the weekend Anna that Star Wars girl apparently so she she is a Star Wars fan. Her whole channel is the whole this Star you know the Star Wars girl, the Star Wars girl. And for Halloween she dressed up in a Star Trek uniform and of course the the trolls come in and say, "Oh, well, you call yourself a Star Wars girl, and you're wearing a Star Trek uniform? That's stupid." And I get it; somebody's probably just being a troll. But it's that other ring. You're not allowed to play in my sandbox because you don't look the part. People do this on everything. They do it on their favorite franchises. They do it on their religion. They do it on their politics. And politics informs and infests and infects everything else that we're doing culturally right now. People who think like me are not allowed to express themselves In the general public, in certain aspects of the entertainment media, for example, people who think like me are ostracized in certain venues and certain communities because we don't have the correct groupthink. This is not productive. Mr. Harvey and I don't see eye to eye on a number of things, especially in terms of politics. And yet, we're still friends. We still get along. His opinion matters to me. His friendship matters to me. Not because we disagree, in spite of our disagreements. He's my friend. That comes first. Be excellent to each other. Be kind to one another. Whether that kindness is based in faith or not, it still goes a long way, it still matters. Respect civility. Let's take Godwin's law and put it on the shelf and let's stop calling people names and deciding, well, I'm gonna go punch Nazis. Just because somebody does just because somebody doesn't agree with you does not make them a Nazi. That's a very distinct term with a very clear definition that has a history. And you throw stuff like that around, it does harm. It doesn't it doesn't produce results. Not positive results, not constructive results. Nothing productive comes out of calling people names. The dystopia is right around the corner. We are one generation away from losing every freedom that we have. And that's true for every generation. And we must keep in mind that these dystopian tales should not be used... ...as instruction manuals. They should be taken as warnings. If you continue down this path... ...things will not go well. The Hunger Games... ...Divergent... ...Planet of the Apes... ...Brave New World 1984... ...Fahrenheit 451... ...there are plenty of examples... Of societies we don't want to have. So we should determine for ourselves that we're going to work together in order to avoid those futures. We should not be exerting so much energy to bring those futures about. We should not be working so hard to destroy ourselves. And whatever the outcome of the election in the United States, I have faith. God has a plan. And everything works in accordance with that plan, whether we understand it or not, whether you believe in God or not, there's a plan. So everybody needs to just take a breath maybe some ibuprofen, take a nap and determine for yourself that you are not going to be part of the problem. We all need to do a little better in how we treat each other. Always be kind, never be cruel, as the doctor says. And with that, my rant is done. We are at 1515, a nice even number of subscribers over on YouTube. If you have not subscribed yet, we do invite you to do so. If you have material that you would like us to review, or if you would like one of our stickers, you could send us a self-addressed stamped envelope or send your review material to Sci-Fi for Me, 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030. We will add that to the queue. We are also continuing to track all of the different events that are changing their schedules. We have uh, semi-regular updates. Uh, As Mrs. Boss finds those changes, we will bring those to you. And you can find a master list of all of the events happening worldwide over at SciFiForMe.com. We did launch a brand new show this past weekend, Foreign Bodies. Uh, The first episode is out now and performing really well. Uh, Those of you who have tuned in to that show, thank you very much for uh, for trying that. Check that out. It is uh, it is doing better than, uh, than most shows that we've got. So maybe we've uh, maybe we've tapped a nerve. Maybe we've got something there that uh, that people are interested in. So uh, those of you who have not subscribed and you're just finding us through search, we do welcome you, and we do invite you to, to subscribe, have your notifications turned on so you know all of the times we put content out, which we do on a regular basis. And tomorrow, On this show, Keith DeCandido will be our guest. We'll be talking about his books and all of the different things that he's got in the works. Uh, I think he's been doing some Star Trek rewatches over on TOR's website. So we'll talk about that. He has been a guest before. He was on Deep Space Minds here not too long ago. So we'll have a link to that as well. So in the meantime, uh, feel free to check out any of the rest of the videos here. Uh, and if you find any that you like, a thumbs-up is, uh, is appreciated. And, of course, if you want to share this with any of your friends and neighbors, uh, you are certainly welcome to do that as well. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. We will be back with more live from the bunker tomorrow here on Sci-Fi For Me. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.